Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big, we go all night, and here, everyone is invited. So get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, the 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. I am joined by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch. How are we uh, doing? Did we survive Hurricane Hillary, gentlemen? That was crazy, but honestly, where we were, um, well, I haven't really been outside to see the full damage, but it, it was, you know, it was bad, but I feel like in our specific area, we had had rainstorms like that actually in the past few years. Yeah. Um, not to undermine the other areas, because I saw some of the videos of the flooding that happened, and that was insane. Hopefully, those people are all right, but in, in, uh, in the South Bay, I think we dodged a bullet. Yeah, you know, there was a lot of heavy rain. I lost power. You know, there was an earthquake. Um, But I think for the most part, you know, it it was downgraded to a tropical storm almost by the time it hit, you know, land, which was, I mean, it could have been 10 times worse. So, you know, I guess we dodged a bullet like Armand said. Yeah, I mean, I was uh, tracking the uh, Chargers game because I had gotten tickets to go to the uh, Chargers Saints game. And a part of me was like, why would I go to this? But I was with my fiance, and she's like, no, like, you know, we live 20 minutes away from SoFi, so let's go check it out. And and it was very interesting because all of the professional games on Sunday, the Dodgers, the Angels, the Padres, the Galaxy, um, LAFC, they were all scheduled to play on Sunday, and they all rescheduled their games. There was no other professional uh, games on Sunday, but the Chargers plowed through. They said we are playing, and to their credit, I guess, to uh, like as we touched on, um, there was rain. It was a heavy downpour. There was wind, but it, it, it's not. Um, at least in the region where we are, South Bay, um, it's not done like things that we've seen in the past. So it wasn't too bad here. Thankfully, not the case in a lot of places. It also affected Las Vegas. It was interesting though because I was at the Chargers game, and we're you know we're all talking about um, Hurricane Hillary or tro- Tropical Storm Hillary, which it was called by the time it hit. California, and then we got the alert of the 5.1 or 5.5 quake in Ohio, and it's like, my goodness, what's going on here? So, um, perhaps let's start there, just because I brought it up. You know, the uh, Chargers had their preseason game uh, Sunday against the Saints. Uh, they lost that one, uh, and then the Rams uh, played a preseason game against the Raiders on Saturday. Um, Brandon, I know it's just a, the a preseason, and we've talked about it, but uh, this team. Um, does not look like a team that will contend. Again, it's the preseason, but you know, if if they are to depend on a lot of these young guys that I'm seeing, um, I don't know. I don't know. I, I, again, things have to go right for them, and when I say they have to go right, all of their key players have to be healthy 
for the entire season for them to kind of surprise people and go on a run here and perhaps make it to, to the postseason. I don't see that happening. Yeah. Um, look, I think, you know, I'm going to defer this to Armand because I have a lot of thoughts. I, I don't know <laughs> if he watched the game or not, but I really want to wait and see what other people think because I, I have an opinion on this. Armand, go first. I'll go after you. Well, I was just going to ask what your guys' thoughts are on Stetson Bennett from what, what you've seen so far. He's good. Yeah. And by the way, I mean, he's serviceable. And the good thing about him is that he, you know, sometimes when you draft a quarterback, you know, he's very young. I mean, obviously, that's not the case with Stetson Bennett. He's one of the, like, older rookie quarterbacks in the league. And what I like about Stetson Bennett is he's played some big games. He's won multiple championships. And in fact, the last one, the biggest one, was at SoFi. So, again, I mean, he's comfortable playing, like, in the spotlight. He's comfortable playing at SoFi. So, um However, if they're going to have to depend on Stetson Bennett this season, like that's going to be a problem. Um, so he's a good backup. I, I, I think, um, they, uh, got someone who's going to learn under Matthew Stafford. But, uh, if, if the Rams are to surprise people and again, sneak into the playoffs, um, he's not going to be playing a whole lot. Look, I'm going to be real with with Rams fans. I think it'd be a miracle if they make the playoffs because they have so many rookies on their roster. I think Stafford intentionally didn't take a discount when they asked him because he knows they're not going anywhere this season. I hate to say it. I know Cup took a discount, you know, less money, whatever. They're still trying to get off all those contracts. They traded Jalen Ramsey. You know, they're still paying Donald a lot of money, Cup a lot of money, and Stafford a lot of money. Um, but other than that, they're really not a good football team. You look at their secondary, possibly the worst in the NFL now without Jalen Ramsey. I know they can rush the quarterback with Aaron Donald, but they're just going to double team him. And then you're going to have to rely on other guys. You know, Floyd's not on the team anymore. You got new guys coming in. I think their line got better at Rock, so I do think yeah. they'll be better offensively. Uh, I like Pika Nakua, the wide receiver they drafted from BYU. I think he's, you know, the cup successor. He's like the wide receiver, too. I know people like Van Jefferson, but he's good. Higby's still a good tight end. And Mm -hmm. Stafford's serviceable when he's there. We've seen Stafford, even in the Super Bowl run, possibly the weirdest quarterback in history. Sometimes looks like a top five QB and sometimes looks like the worst quarterback in the NFL. And for that playoff run, for the most part, he looked like one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL at the right time, right? Yeah. I just think... Arash, you're right. If one if one of those guys gets hurt, Upper Stafford, and they're like two and six, two and seven, next year's the only year they have their pick. I know Joe Painter Lopez was like, McVeigh's not down for that. I don't care if he's down for that. Like that's <laughs> long term generational like talent you're getting in Caleb Williams if you tank. And then you're good again next year. And then you never have to worry about not being good again. You know, like I know Stafford still has a year or two on his contract and they're paying him an absurd amount of money. But at this point, like they won their Super Bowl. Congratulations. I'd much rather be in the position the Rams are in, uh, you know, growing up a Niner fan. Like the Niners would have won a Super Bowl and then whatever, you know, over. Then the rebuild. Okay. Now they just lose in the NFC Championship every year. But the Rams need to think about the future. This is the one year they have a pick and it doesn't look like they're going to be that good. Yeah. I mean, and, and when it comes to tanking, again, you know, players in, uh, coaches certainly don't want to do that. But yeah, I mean, it, it's usually incumbent upon the GM to basically say, hey, it's not on you. It's basically us telling you uh, this is how it's going to go. And and uh, by the way, the Rams were very transparent about their plans uh, this season. I think they issued a statement saying, you know, we're, you know, we're trying to 
reset the cap. We're not trying to rebuild necessarily, but you know, we're not doing the same things that you've seen us do before. So I, I think that's sort of like big picture. Um, they are not going to go all in for the Super Bowl this year, clearly. And, and, and I think that is sort of, um, they try to bring the band back to bed. They tried to bring the band back together to repeat. And that just went horribly bad. And so now it's like, okay, like let's reset. Let's reset the cap. Let's get our first first round pick in forever. Again, I mean, it is amazing that their last first round pick was Jared Goff. Uh, they are due for, and I don't think that they'll trade it away because they're not going to be good. Uh, they have the first round pick coming up following this season. Uh, let's now switch gears to Team USA. Again, we've, we've been tracking them since their first game against Puerto Rico with Las Vegas. The showcase is done. The World Cup is up and coming. Uh, the one tweet that, that I want to share with you guys was from Bill Simmons. Bill Simmons, by the way, important to note, is a big Celtics fan. And he had this to say. He said, Team USA's biggest issue for the actual tournament, accepting that Halliburton and Reeves are two of the best guys on the team. They're going to have to be out there in big situations, even if feelings get hurt. Armani Buckets, I'll go to you first here. I mean, like Austin Reeves on a team like this, and again, this is not the Olympic team, but you got Bill Simmons effectively saying, and he has certainly played like this, that Reeves is one of the two best players on this team right now. I actually, you know, uh, trying not to toot my own horn here, <laughs> but this is what I was saying last week about Brandon Ingram in closing time, sitting down, and then Austin Reeves playing. The reason is because Austin Reeves does everything well. I mean, no matter what the team needs, Austin Reeves can help provide it. And the thing is, Team USA was down by 16 points yesterday. They arguably should have lost the game. They're going to need to find a way to, to move away from isolation ball as much as possible. And that's where Tyrese Halliburton and Austin Reeves thrive. They can get out and run, push the pace, get easy looks in transition. And then in the half court, they're both so good at running the pick and roll that it makes life easier. And then how about Anthony Edwards? I mean, 34 points. The one area that we're seeing with Steve Kerr and with the other guys on Team USA, they're really pushing the narrative that this is Anthony Edwards' team now, which going into the, the FIBA World Cup, I think a lot of us thought that that's where it was headed. But now to hear the coach confirm that, along with Ant having, you know, a mini Kobe moment, it was an exhibition game, so not nearly the same thing as the Kobe shush moment, but he... <laughs> he you could tell he probably drew some inspiration from Kobe. And in that number 10, Ant is, he is lethal. Yeah, I look, I think Edwards is the best player on the team. I think we all know that. I think Steve Kerr missed one guy. But then if you if you look at the next two guys, it's Halliburton and Reeves, right? And I just think those are the two guys you rely on if, if Edwards needs a rest or whatnot. I mean, Reeves was super efficient. Um, he's passing the ball well. In fact, I think I would put Reeves as the point guard to close the game and have Edwards there at shooting guard, small forward. I know Halliburton's great, um, and I think you know he's 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 great at what he does. But I'm just saying the the passes Reeves was making yesterday, all the right he just does all the right things. It's like he has no flaw in his game. You know, Armand. I mean, you can attest to that. Just watching him, it's like he's on the ball. He's playing perimeter defense. He makes the extra pass. You know. He's looking for guys to get open. He's not selfish at all. In fact, I think he should be a little more selfish 
you know, with how talented he is shooting the basketball. But I don't know. What what you and, notice when you watch these bigger European teams, they'll try to post up Team USA smaller players, especially Austin Reeves. We saw it against Spain. We saw it yesterday. Austin Reeves loves when you do that, which is one of the reasons why I love watching Austin Reeves. He says, okay, you might be seven foot. You want to post me up, but he will compete, compete, compete. Same thing with Halliburton. The one area that I do want to push back on, though, Jalen Brunson and Brandon Ingram, to me, are the second and third guys on this team. Now, they have to find a way to play less isolation basketball. That's one of the areas where Anthony Edwards is still very young, and he, when he gets going, to me, it seems like it's difficult for Ingram, for Brunson to get going. Because let's not forget, Jalen Brunson was just nine for nine the other game. And then he, you know, he rode the bench towards the fourth quarter of this one. But I, I think that those two are still the second and third best players. But I do think Austin Reeves should be a part of that closing mix. I don't mind him playing point guard as either, Brandon. By the way, it was so interesting that last season when we were seeing a connection between Schroeder and Reeves. Reeves, I forgot exactly the connection. I think his mom, um, her family is from Germany or something. That obviously at that point in time, no one thought that that Dawson Reeves would be on Team USA. So the, the feeling was, you know, maybe Schroeder and Reeves, uh, who are developing this connection, could team up on Team Germany. It was great to see them go head to head. That was a ton of fun. But Reeves, if you're Darvin Ham watching this tournament, and as you see Reeves develop, and again, you've seen this, you know, so it probably should not be a, a surprise to him, certainly, you know, seeing him in practice, seeing his development, seeing during the postseason. If this continues and Reeves kind of really showcases himself to be one of the top two or three players on this team, does that change how you use Reeves this upcoming season? I say absolutely. I mean, if the guy keeps ascending, his role should also ascend with that. And right now, not only has Austin Reeves improved incrementally at each stage, this World Cup, he's taken it to another level. He's shown the national audience that this is not just Laker hype. And for people that continuously think, oh, he's just a Laker, that's why we talk about him more. No, that's not the case at all. He's a very, very legitimate and very good basketball player. And now I think it, the ball is divided three ways between LeBron, between Reeves and between Anthony Davis. Yeah. Yeah. I, and also just to add on that, like, I, I agree, but what about Rui too? Like, I mean, there's a chance, there's a chance next season, the way LeBron has, uh, you know, gotten worse. I mean, he's older. There's no offense to that. He's, he's injury prone. Uh, you know, he is still great. Let's not get that out of the way. But like, he almost choked like a multitude of games for the Lakers last year, trying to be ball dominant, hogging the basketball instead of giving it to Austin Reeves, Rui, and Davis last season. I'm just, I fear that's the Lakers kryptonite next year is LeBron still trying to be 32 year old prime LeBron when you really need the ball and Reeves, Rui, and Davis's hands at the end of the game. Now that, that's, but I do think Armand's right. Like the Lakers need to look at this and be like, look, we have a star. I, like he's 25, but he's like an NBA, like not a superstar, but he's close to that star level now. This is a guy we could rely on. This is a guy that could be, you know, you look at LeBron leaving the team, like he could be our face. It sounds crazy to say that, but this guy could be the face of the franchise in two years. Like uh, I'm just being honest. 
Yeah, I mean, it's amazing to say that, by the way, when the Lakers released their schedule, I don't know if you saw the caricature, it, it was LeBron James, it was Anthony Davis, and it was Austin Reeves. Like, he's basically sort of the third guy in that big three. And that's not even a joke. Again, he's on Team USA. He's playing especially well. There was many times in the postseason when they were probably playing their best, where he was the third best player on this team. Um Speaking of the schedule, it comes out Thursday. We were talking so much about the upcoming weekend. Um, now that you've had the, some time to digest the schedule, at least focusing on the local teams here, the Lakers and the Clippers, uh, the, the the big takeaway from the Clippers, uh, from the people that, that I've talked to, is that, um, I don't know how to word this, I mean, Crypto.com Arena, they, they, they've consistently had the third choice. Again, people forget the Kings effectively built staples. They built it with the Lakers, but, it, you know, it, you, you know, the, the Kings um, technically kind of have first choice. But anyways, it's one and one A. Clip, the Kings and the Lakers, or the Clippers, have the third choice. So the number of day games, the, th- the number of back-to-backs, the number of th- three games in four nights, there's so many people on the Clippers saying, you know, the, the do Intuit don't can't come soon enough. Um Money buckets. I'll just go with you first again. Yeah, the schedule like is what it is. But any big takeaways? For me, it was just for the Lakers' perspective. It's a little bit difficult right out of the gate. I mean, you get Denver opening night on the road, then you get home against the Phoenix Suns, and then right away you're in Sacramento. Those are three very, very formidable teams. Honestly you know, there would be no need to panic at all. But I kind of think the Lakers are going to lose all three of those right out of the (laughs) gate. Um, Again, no need to panic if that happens. But, you know, it's going to be difficult for the Lakers this year. They're going to have more of a target on their back. The West is going to be loaded. The Clippers, I also think, will be very, very good again. But it's just it's going to be a dogfight every night between Western Conference teams unless you're playing a Portland or a San Antonio I think even Houston is going to be competitive because they have talent on the roster. Like, where is the weak night in the West between uh, besides those two teams? Yeah, yeah, I, I, I get it. I, when I look at the schedule, I'm more worried about that second half of the schedule, like right mm. before the playoffs, like last year, playing a lot of back-to-backs. If they don't wrap up their playoff seed, like if they wait till the end of the road, like like last year, they're going to be in a world of hurt. They really need to win a lot of games early. That should be the mindset with the Lakers. Like LeBron, you Davis, like you can do your load managing and your, you know, phony, in, well, they're not phony injuries, but <laughs> come on. They're, they're like last. They're like, wait till the second half of the season for that to happen. You're playing through stuff in the first half. Like we need to win games. Because yeah. just mindset wise, look at what happened with Denver. Like Rush, you were in Houston they lost to the Rockets right before That's the playoffs. Right. Yeah. They did not care because they already had the one seed locked up. And then they came around and mentally they were in a better place. Health-wise, they were in a better place than the Lakers. They just dominated them. That's just what happened. Like I feel like the Lakers, for them to really reach their peak, they need to get a lot of these games early. And we know Sacramento's not going to let up after the way they lost in the playoffs. We know Denver's going to want it because they just won a championship and they're going to be in Denver. You know how hard it is to play in Denver, like with the altitude? Like, I agree with Armand. I think they start off like stumbling out of the gate. I really do. You know, and that's not a good thing. The interesting thing is, guys, and we talked about this, is that, um, you know, how many games will Kawhi play? How many games will Paul George play? It is very clear 
that the league is no longer going to take a chance on this. They got tired of constantly wondering, you know, is is Kawhi going to play? Is Paul George going to play? I mean, who's going to be um, healthy with this team? And I get it. I get it. I mean, listen, like certainly if I'm a fan of these teams, I'm wondering that. So the interesting thing is you get the max of, uh, you know, 30 some odd games. The max number of national television games went to the Lakers and they went to the Warriors. The next rung went to the uh, Celtics, the Suns and the Denver Nuggets. This is the amazing thing. The third rung, the Clippers are not on that. That went to the Knicks, Mavericks, Milwaukee Bucks, Philadelphia 76ers, and the Heat. You have to get to the fourth tier here where, you know, about like, let's just say 11 to 15 games are on national television. And they're there uh, with the uh, Spurs, obviously, Victor Wimbanyama, the Sacramento Kings, the Memphis Grizzlies, and the Los Angeles Clippers, which, again, normally would not be the case when you're talking about a Los Angeles franchise with Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Russell Westbrook. We'll see how the James Harden situation plays out. But that's effectively the league saying, like, we're tired of this. Not, not only the league, these networks, TNT and ESPN and whatnot, saying, yeah, like, we'll we'll put Clippers versus the Warriors on, you know, but is Kawhi going to play? Is Paul George going to play? All right, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we'll be joined by the Sporting Tribune's Grant Mona. When we come back on the Mightier 1090 in Southern California, the bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Time. There's nothing more valuable. It's what drives everyone to make the most of every moment. We celebrate living large in the now. In a city where time disappears, we create experiences that electrify the soul and memories that will last forever. We go big. We go all night. And here, everyone is invited to get loose and get loud. This is Circa. You'll have the time of your life. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Welcome back to the Arash Markazi Show presented by the Sporting Tribune on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Bet in Las Vegas and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network. 95.1 FM and AM 760 White. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or a comment, just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in Southern California, Las Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline 310-400-0340. All right, let's head out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. And by the way, we'll, I'm going to be doing the show from Circus Sports at the end of the week. Uh, we're going to have a good time out there. Love uh, Circus Sports, uh, our great partners there. So let's get out to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline and joining us now, the Sporting Tribune's Grant. Money, Mona, money, Mona, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing very good. It's actually, you know, it's funny. I am going to be in Vegas Whoa. this weekend, too. Uh, we got to hang just out, kind of, a, kind of a spontaneous thing. Uh, so let's meet if up we at find Circa. Some time, yeah, we have yeah. to. Do, and also, I'm going in October to Circa, too. So wow, I'm going to be staying at Circa. Not this weekend, but in, in October, I'll be staying at Circa. For your so. No, no, it's just, uh, uh, we went last year for a uh, for a bachelor party, and then we said uh, we just said, "Hey, we love Vegas. Let's go again this year." So we're gonna go in October. 
Um, okay, a lot to get into. Um, so the Rams, listen, I, no one expected a ton from them. They have really looked worse than I perhaps thought in the preseason. I, I don't know what you can glean from the preseason. Um, yeah, quick takeaways here from uh, the Rams. Oh, but by the way, did you go to the game? I did not go to the okay. game. I, I I ended up I ended up going with Brandon to the uh, the Dodgers Marlins at noon. The first oh, nice. game. Oh, okay. nice. So, uh, we, we, we saw Yuri. We saw Yuri pitch. That dude's legit. Twenty years old, six wow. foot eight. Just dominated the Dodgers. So let's get you know? the Rams out of the way, and then we can get into the fun stuff with the Dodgers. So, your thoughts on the Rams? I mean, like, have you seen like anything? <laughs> maybe like a third string tackle that's going to give you some confidence here. Well, look, I mean, it, it's kind of the same crew. Um, there, there isn't much to talk about in terms of the defensive line. Aaron Donald, I think the biggest thing was that Aaron Donald actually suited up and went out for warm-ups. And yeah. everyone was like, oh, is he going to play? Is he going to play? Sit him down, sit him down. He eventually ended up not playing. He just wanted to go through his pregame routine. But in terms of, of the team, a guy that's, you know, I said this last week, and a guy that I is on my radar again is Trey Tomlinson from TCU. He's the cornerback yeah. that he looked excellent in this last game um i think he's going to be one of the best players that they picked in this draft and look let me tell you there's a lot of them that they picked um steve avila is also excellent but yeah. i think trey tomlinson again showed why he is going to be so he was a fifth rounder brandon you can correct me if i'm wrong i think he was a fifth rounder and he probably should have went in the second or third round because he's that got that kind of talent um for a team that just lost jalen ramsey um and has a young defensive team uh basically all new it's really good to see a cornerback come in here right out of the gates and perform like he has um he went to tcu so it's not really a surprise they produce great players all the time but out of everybody you know stetson bennett looked like a rookie this game you know last yeah. game he looked like a veteran and a guy that's been there this game he kind of had some struggles he threw an interception on a route that got messed up so he had a, a couple struggles himself i'm not worried about him but for the defense and a guy that uh, you know, could probably win maybe a Pro Bowl down the line. That's what I see. He's that kind of talent. Um, and losing Jalen Ramsey in the offseason, this is a great addition for them. Um, yeah, sixth-round pick, Brennan just said, great value. I mean, this this guy's going to be good in this league, and it's it's great to see him step in, uh, in, in the shoes of Jalen Ramsey. Okay, moving forward to the team that we're actually thinking is going to do well. And, uh, Again, uh, two nice wins, the doubleheader, rare doubleheader against the Marlins. Uh, great, just put into perspective what they've done this month and what they've done uh, these you know past couple of weeks here. I mean, again, this was a team that probably expected to make it to the postseason, maybe as a wild card, but right now, you know, 10-plus game lead on the division, second-best team in the league, hottest team in the league. What is going right for them right now? Yeah, I think I think everything is going right at this point. Um, maybe you could point to the injuries being one of the downfalls. Maybe you can, you know, say the starting pitching at the back end isn't that great. But if you look at the to the totality of the situation, uh, the Dodgers are clicking on all cylinders. You know, after that Friday game, they got blown out, and you know they weren't going to have a billion game winning streak. They're going to have to lose at some point, and they lost Friday night. And you know, to to come back the next day. And, you know, get two wins, two gritty wins, by the way. These weren't just easy wins. You know, they got a win in game one that me and Brandon were at where they were down one to nothing until the eighth. And they scored three runs in the eighth and one. Um, that's just kind of a microcosm of how this team has been playing this year. Uh, Mookie Betts, then in game two, you think, okay, well, you know, it's LeBron James bobblehead night. You get LeBron there. And Mookie Betts hits two home runs. And then, you know, 
with with a guy like Freddie Freeman kind of struggling at this point. We we were talking about him being in the MVP candidacy, and you know maybe he could compete with Ronald Acuna. Now Mookie Betts is starting to get his campaign going, and he's playing multiple positions. He's hitting over two ninety. He has thirty four home runs. This guy is unbelievable by all accounts to have a superstar like that on your team uh, for the next ten years. Also, that people forget about that. But Mookie Betts is carrying the offense right now. The pitching is still dominant, regardless of that Friday game. Um, Tony Gonsolin will probably be out for the rest of the year, which I hate to say this, but it may be a blessing in disguise because you get a young arm back in. Um, Ryan Pepio may be that guy. So they're firing on all cylinders. Um, the offense is being carried by one of the superstars yet again, whether it be Freddie Freeman or Mookie Betts. They just switch off. But um, there's a lot of games left. Like I keep saying, they play the Braves in this upcoming series this weekend, and it's going to be packed. It's going to be serious, and that's going to be a litmus test, like I've said. Yeah, and I wanted to add, too, because it's, it's hilarious that, you know, Freddie had this excellent two weeks ago, and he was up to 350 almost, and then over the past week, you know, he hasn't hit that great. I mean, he's hit the ball well. We saw him hit the ball well, just like unlucky with the outs. And then Mookie comes in and becomes – you know, the Dodgers lead MVP candidate all of a sudden. And it's like really weird. And I think that might hurt the Dodgers because I think even though Acuna has Olsen and Riley and, you know, I mean, they have everybody on that team. I think they'll look at the stolen bases and they'll be like, yo, this dude has like 70 stolen bases. We're going to give him the MVP over like a Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman. But it's shaping up, you know, with Olsen now, his teammate hitting all those home runs. I shape it up to be a, an excellent four-man race of two players on on two of the two best teams in the NL, you know, both too, which is crazy. But I, I wanted to add on, like, you're right, Michael Cosmo of the year, Dodgers finding ways to win. That's just the culture of that team. We've saw, seen the complete opposite for the Angels over the past eight years, you know, and I hate to bring them up because I think everybody knows at this point that our listeners are like, why do we have to bring up the Angels? We know they suck. We know they have a bad culture. Like, yeah, like we, we of course, but it's like they find ways to lose every close game, right? Like the Dodgers find ways to win every close game. A lot of that is culture and that only changes with like an owner or, you know, complete overhaul of the system, player development. Like the Dodgers are just excellent. You say what you want about Dave Roberts. Yeah, he's choked in the playoffs. We get it a lot, but he's an, he gets you there. He reminds me of Dusty Baker. He, he's an excellent manager in the year. In the year, he's an excellent manager. And the whole thing with Dusty Baker for years was like, Oh, he doesn't have a World Series. Well, now he does, you know. So I think Roberts, you know, he does have a World Series. I think he's going to get another one. Um, you know, not I don't know about this year, but within the next couple of seasons, if they put all the right pieces together. Let me get you guys' thoughts on this, you know, because this was thought of as a season where the Dodgers were going to compete, but not necessarily win. However, they were going to go all in this offseason, maybe Shohei Otani. I mean, that that would be their main target. If they win it all, if, if they continue this hot streak and just continue and really surprise us all by winning the World Series, does that change how you approach what you do with this team? Listen, like I think if you can get Shohei Otani, you have to, right? But... Like, does it does it change your game plan if they win the whole thing? I don't think so, because just because the Dodgers are a team that always wants to win. It's like the Lakers. You know, the Lakers had those down years, but they were trying to eventually build to win a, another championship. And when they had the opportunity to do so, they got LeBron James and Anthony Davis. Yeah. It's the same with the Dodgers. They're always trying to win. They are, they are an organization that is 
that is built on winning culture, that is built on trying to get titles. It's not just a team that, okay, well, it's, it, you know, I, I'll compare it to like the Raptors, right? The Raptors got a title in 2019 and they thought that they compete, they could compete, but they should have rebuilt. They should have just rebuilt and built everything over. Now they're kind of in purgatory where it's like, I don't know where, where it's going. The Dodgers, they win a title and they're like, oh, how can we get better? How can we win four? How can we win five? So, if they win the title this year, they're still going to go after Otani. And if they don't get Otani, they're still going to go after the top arms and the top players in free agency just because they have two superstars already that are locked up for more years and they want to keep winning. So I don't think it changes their philosophy. Maybe they play more younger guys, but they already are now. So, um, yeah, I don't think it changes their philosophy at all. By the way, switching gears, USC making a big, big hire today, a new athletic director, Jen Cohen. Now, 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 Jen was the athletic director at the University of Washington, but she has Southern California ties, having gone to San Diego State, Pacific Lutheran University. Um, just a really great hire there. And, and I bring that up to say this is probably the hottest athletic program in the country right now. When you talk about, you know, Caleb Williams com- coming back as the Heisman Trophy winner, USC being a top six team, Lincoln Riley. Let's not forget Cl- Cliff Kingsbury's the offensive assistant, whatnot. And then Hoops is probably going to be, um, if not a top 10 team, they're, they're, they're certainly going to get that hype. Um, going into week zero, by the way, hate that name week zero (laughs) what the heck is week zero uh i guess i wanted to get you guys thoughts week zero san jose state again i I don't think anyone thinks that's going to be a close game but finally usc football is back college football is back the coliseum will be rocking grant and brandon let's get your thoughts yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, I don't, I wouldn't say it's a do or die season, but with Caleb Williams inevitably going to be in the draft, I think this, you got to maximize everything possible this year. Um, you know, it's great to get a new athletic director in, especially uh, somebody like Jen Cohen. Um, like you said, USC is kind of one of the focal points of college sports right now. There's a lot of movement going on the big, the big conference, the, the pack, whatever it is now, pack four, I guess. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, this is one of the years that I think USC will probably have one loss. I, I hope one loss. I mean, yeah. I thought that last year, um, but I think that they'll be in the college football playoff this year. They improved their defense, um, which was a big issue. They got turnovers last year, but they did, they couldn't get stops when they needed it. Um, they kind of relied on the offense. It's going to be tough to replace Jordan Addison. It's going to be tough to replace some of these guys, but I think that you know, with the recruiting that Lincoln Riley has and that system that he has, they're going to bring in guys that are bought in, and they did just that on the defensive end, which is really good. They got some edge guys. Um, so, look, it's going to be a successful year. I hope it ends in a college playoff appearance. I think that's what we're all hoping. But, um, you know, step in the right direction is getting a great athletic director like this. So, yeah. Yeah. And she did an excellent job, by the way, at Washington. You know, the football program's back. You know, Michael Penix is, you know, a sleeper to win the Heisman. And in fact, possibly, I hate to say this, I hope it's not true, but Washington's a sleeper to win the Pac 12. I know that game against USC is looming over everybody, you know, uh, later on in the season. Um, but you know, it, I agree with Grant. I think it's a failure if you don't make the college football playoff this year. At the very least, you have to make it, and I think they do. Um, you know, I've been adamant about saying I think they're going to win. I really do. I, it's literally, can Alex Grinch implement somewhat competent de- defense? If he does that, they'll win every single game. It really doesn't matter because as long as they say, "Look, 
if it's a tie game, you know what they did in Utah, they tried to play defense. Now let them score and get the ball back to your best player in the country <laughs> to win the game. Like yeah. that's what they need to start doing. They lost three games like that last year, two games like that last year. So I do think they get over the hump and beat Utah. Come on, they have to beat Utah. Come on, you gotta, you gotta have some moxie and beat Utah the way they've they've dominated SC over the past few years. But I do think the San Jose State game, I wouldn't be surprised if I think the line's like 30, 30 something. I'm like, I wouldn't take USC to cover. I mean, I think they're going to be probably a little, uh, you know, there's going to be a little misstep. Um, they're going to win, of course, but I think it might be like a 20 point game. Don't call me crazy, but like, I just think teams come out to start the season, you know, they're figuring things out. San Jose State's going to want to prove something. Obviously, they're not going to win, but it's going to be closer than people think. I don't think it's going to be 40 points. Real, real quick, Brad, and it looks like you might have to cover two games on Wednesday. The um, Angels game tonight has been postponed uh, due to a lot of the lingering effects of the rain. So we have uh, we have uh, two games going on on Wednesday at Angel Stadium. Oh, wow. We'll, uh, we'll talk about that later, but just, just I'm hearing wow. those reports. So Tarbani Buckets. Yeah, uh, I was going to switch gears here, Grant. I was going to ask you about Team USA, specifically about Anthony Edwards, because, you know, I first of all, what an amazing performance. He's been great through this stretch. I just want to give a little bit of pushback because a lot of people, by the way, you might agree, you might not, but Kendrick Perkins was on air today saying that this is the future face of the NBA. Um, he very well could be, but... I have one name that I want to throw out that plays the same position that I feel like is being disrespected. Do you know who that is? <laughs> oh, it plays the same position. Is it Tyrese Halliburton? Um, no. Devin Booker. Devin Booker. Yeah, this I got to give credit to him. <laughs> this postseason, 36.8 points a game with five rebounds and seven and a half assists on 62% from the field. And we're talking about Anthony Edwards being the future of the NBA. Devin Booker just did it in the postseason. He's 26 years old. And listen, again, I don't want to diminish anything that Edwards has done. But to me, it's just a little bit jumping the gun with the with the Michael Jordan comparisons. Again, he is a superstar. It's just I, I still want to see it in the NBA. What have you thought about Team USA and about Anthony Edwards specifically? Well, first of all, let me go to the Devin Booker thing, because Devin Booker, I mean, I, I watched the entirety of the Clippers series, and I thought this man himself was God. That's how good he was in the playoffs. It felt like every mid-range that he pulled up with was money. Every time he got to the basket, it was money. He was getting to every point on the floor. Now, we haven't seen it to that extent with Anthony, Anthony Edwards. Maybe we will this year. I'm not really sure. To the point where, oh, this guy's unstoppable. Anthony Edwards is a great player and he's getting better and he's got that moxie maybe that's why we're pointing to it is because he has that that kind of jordan kobe mentality inside of him you know devin booker in elimination games hasn't been that great we haven't seen anthony edwards in in that type of situation yet so maybe we will but in terms of the team usa he like like steve kerr said yesterday he is the guy. I mean, I think we all know that right now. They're going to lean on him to be that number one guy. It's crazy to think because we have Brandon Ingram, we have Tyrese Halliburton, we have Jalen Brunson, all these guys that are kind of established. And Anthony Edwards comes in as this young pup and he leads this team. I mean, he had, what, 34 points? I mean, this guy, he looked like Michael Jordan. I hate to say he looked like Michael Jordan on some of those fadeaway pull-up jump shots. Um, yeah, this Team USA, I think they're going to win gold. Um, but 
I think we're getting ahead of ourselves when we say he's going to be the face of the NBA or he's going to be right now. He's the guy. Let's calm down a little bit. Like you said, Devin, we have so many great players that are going to play in the Olympics that aren't playing now that we, we just forget about, you know, so Tatum, Tatum. Yeah. Yeah. Let's slow down a little bit, but, but I agree with your point, Armand, like Devin Booker was godlike in the playoffs. And uh, until I see that from Ant, I'm going to keep Devin Booker ahead of him. By, By the way, something I wanted to say really quick, Devin Booker sleeper to win the MVP. They're moving him to point guard. He was excellent at point guard in the playoffs last season. Um, you know, no Chris Paul to take away those playmaking skills. I think that uh, what basketball really wants is that next American MVP. It's been Euro every single year, the foreign, foreign MVP. They want that. Who's that next American, like, superstar, like Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, like LeBron? Could it be Devin Booker? I think offensively we're going to see one of the best seasons ever, efficient-wise, from, efficiency-wise from Devin Booker. I think that's a really good take, Brandon. I have a hot take for MVP with uh, a picture that surfaced recently. I'm a believer. Once again, I'm going to fall for it. Zion Williamson. I love that. <laughs> what? Really? The guy looks absolutely... He needs to go play ready. linebacker, bro. He can't be playing in the NBA. Listen, listen Armand, Armand, it's the same syndrome that Clipper fans have where it's like, <laughs> yeah, but if healthy... No, he's not going to be healthy, probably. If he is, he'll play, look, he'll look. Play 30 games. And then if he is, I'm all in with you because he looks excellent. And he looked excellent last year, too. So, Yeah, Man, I, I'll no, always be yeah. a believer. No, and by the way, like, I, I think we want to see that Zion. I yeah. think we, we want that player who's doing the 360 dunks at his size. And, uh, but yeah, like, it's, it's, it's the huge if. The huge if. And by the way, it worked out for the Lakers. Like, I remember for a year and a half while we were doing the show, it was like, if the Lakers can be healthy, you know, if LeBron, if Anthony is, and it, and it worked out. It worked out for them where they where they made the right trades, that they got healthy, and they went on this uh, playoff run to the conference finals. Real quick, Graham, before we close out, it does seem like the league and their TV partners have pushed back on the uh, – load management of the Clippers. I mean, they really, a, a team with Kawhi and Paul George and Russell Westbrook in Los Angeles. I mean, I don't know how many national games they got. I think they got like 15 or something. It's like a very low number. You know, the, the first year Kawhi and Paul George got together, they got the max. Now, you know, they're, they're not on Christmas Day anymore. They don't get the max number. Kind of nuts, right? Yeah, I think the league is finally wising up and saying, well, we're not going to put Terrence Mann and Norman Powell <laughs> against Giannis and Chris Middleton anymore on, on Sunday Showcase. I think they've they kind of wised up. Now, look, I, I hope that these players are healthy and I hope they have a great season. But the fact that they have 15 back-to-backs and a lot of five and sevens just speaks volumes to how the league sees them. And I think they're just waiting for them to get into that into a dome before they make any schedule changes for the Clippers. <laughs> 100%. I mean, it, it just really affects a team when they have to play either in the morning or whether it's a back-to-back or, as you mentioned, you know, two and three nights or five and seven or whatnot. I mean, just, uh, a lot of that is because it's it's not just that they have the second choice. They have the third choice. They're behind the Kings. They're behind the Lakers. So it, it just really affects the number of, you know, primetime spots that, that they can get, and they kind of have to shoehorn in when they can play um, at home. Again, this is their last season at Crypto.com Arena uh, before they move into the $2 billion into a dome. All right. What an amazing show, Grant. We'll have you back on. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do it again tomorrow. Until then, this is Arash Markazi saying stay safe and stay healthy. Stay safe.
This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.